This is the Athlete Mindset Podcast, hosted by Lisa Bontesumi, and it's all about mental health in sports. This podcast is presented and produced by Sports Epreneur, part of the CADSource Network. This podcast series is a space for conversations with athletes, coaches, practitioners, and stakeholders in sports. And it's where those individuals share their perspectives, experiences, and thoughts on mental health in sports. I am Eric Kazmov, the founder of CADSource and the creator of Sports Epreneur. And we're hosting the Athlete Mindset Podcast on this platform as I deeply believe these conversations are essential and deserve to be prioritized. If you would like to be featured on this show or one of our many other shows, or if you are looking to create your own content, please reach out to us. You can find us at sportse.io or you can connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Lisa Bontasumi is a psychotherapist and mental performance consultant to high-performing athletes at the youth, collegiate, and professional levels. She's the first ever mental health and performance coach for Oakland Roots SC, a men's professional soccer team in the USL. Lisa is the founder and CEO of Ath Mindset, and she's the host of this podcast, Athlete Mindset. For me, it's uh, agriculture, getting my hands in the soil, nature, man, just connecting with trees and when it rains, you know, trying to be, this, to me, I say, I say deep breath, reset, refresh. It's my favorite. I've been teaching to my kids up there and they're like, deep breath, reset, we They know it as kids. I love that because it's real easy and it can de-escalate a lot of things. Because, you know, the enemy is really, all, you know, ego, you know, ego, ego, ego and pride and all this stuff. And so deep breath, reset, refresh helps you. And even when people are not nice and people are not kind, um, that helps me. It's just like an instant meditation, you know, where I could go to the left, but I'm, you know what, I'm going to just, I'm going to deep breath, reset, refresh. It's one of my favorite instant tools that work welcome to roots radio a monthly conversation about soccer art culture and community that takes an inside look at the birth and growth of the oakland root sports club through the eyes of the players workers and fans we're your hosts lisa bontasumi and richie nunez and in this series we interview special guests from the worlds of sports culture media and social activism Follow the Oakland Roots on social media to stay up to date on the latest episodes. And please don't forget to review and subscribe to our show. Oakland first, always. Why don't we start by introducing yourself? Uh, what's your name and profession? What is my name is always uh, controversial. I remember waking up from a three-week coma once, and the nurse was like, what's your name? Do you know your name? And um, I had grown up in Oakland, so I had given so many aliases, mm-hmm. being a child of the streets, mm-hmm. that um, I did, in fact, go, what is my name? And I've changed my name several times. So when you asked me that question, it triggered me. What's my name? Mm-hmm. What is my name? It's interesting. Today, right now, I'm uh, Mr. Fantastic Negrito. And uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what you do as far as your music. Music. Well, I'm a recovering narcissist. 
So what does that mean to you? Yeah, it means I've survived a lot of awful things. And my coping mechanism was um, extreme narcissism to cope with all these things I was hiding. Mostly what all, you know, pain. Mm -hmm. Parents give you a lot of pain, you know. I could sit down with both of you and we could break it down like what your dad did and, uh, and your mom and how, and then how, what do we do moving forward in life? So then it comes back to music. Okay. So, you know, I knew I was an artist, not a musician. I mean, I found the musician part boring, actually. I think huh. I knew I was an artist and I wanted to express and I knew, and somehow I had this, um, ability to do music i mean i could have easily made cookies and i could have easily tried to paint but that was a good somehow i had it was something i was in sync with when it came to uh pianos and guitars and most importantly storytelling so mm-hmm. for music it's been a very long interesting journey but that is my uh, medium for now uh-huh. And as far as that drive for that music and to produce and create that music, and it sounds like it's not just music, it's artistry, it's production, it's farming. Where, yeah. that, where does that come from, that creativity? What is a good question? Because, you know, part of me wants to uh, impress you and give you this grand answer. Where does it come from? Like the cosmos and the stars. Let's sit out in the pentagram. I, I don't know, you know, where does it who knows where it comes from? I think it, it's thousands of years old. Mm-hmm. Perhaps um, it's the most, you know, truest form of communication before human beings could talk to each other. We were uh, living, uh, wherever we were living, I don't know, in bushes and in the shrubbery and trees, in caves. We were probably with dogs and like, mm-hmm. And, we, and, and someone was like, yeah, uh, you know, it felt good. So I think it comes, that's where it comes from. It's uh, older than language. Mm-hmm. So than what we're doing now, this thing called language. And, you know, for you, you're from Chile, there's Spanish and English. And what is it? Yeah, I think it comes from all those places. If they're ancient, they're old, they're necessary. And, um, I think that's how we really, truly reach and touch each other mm. is with this gift called music, sound, expression. Yeah, and creation is awesome. I, mean, I think what you're talking about, I mean, this is the vibe I'm getting is that it comes from your ancestors. It comes from a deep, deep place in you inside. Yeah. And then... Your ancestors. Well, they're your ancestors too. Yes. And they're yours. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to uh, mm. just say collectively. That's where, mm. you know, because we're, you know, this whole thing of like country, you know, it's pretty new. Mm-hmm. It's very new, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite fabricated. But I think it just comes from us and like our, mm. our beginnings and uh, harmonizing and vibrations. And it comes from suffering too, you know. Truly, you know, I mean, thousands of years ago, maybe it was uh, a union, a wedding, a, a child's death, an annoying neighbor. <laughs> and somehow we had to come to terms with that stuff. And I think it was sound 
And it varies everywhere you go in the world. It's, it's different sounds, mm-hmm. different scales. And, and the healing aspect of it, it sounds like, from the suffering, from the trauma. Like people are talking yeah. about like our parents and like yeah. the things that we've experienced. We've all yeah. been there, but yeah. there's a way you access it. I mean, I think, yeah, I think healing is like an overused word sometimes. But I think that, um, you know, the process has to be what it is. And sometimes there's healing and sometimes it's not. Sometimes he, he, you're going, just going through it. Um, so I think it's different for everyone. Mm. And um, sometimes even, gosh, we see not healing is also, um, I look at the community I come from where I'm about to go down and take a left here. I look at African-Americans, sometimes I think we're in this perpetual, some of us, not all of us, state of um, poverty and suffering. And you see like other immigrant groups have come out of it. And sometimes I look at us and I've got, gosh, we seem to sometimes be in a cycle. But, you know, great music comes out of it. Mm. That's for sure. And great art form comes out of it. But, you know, I'm not smart enough to break all these things down or even qualified. But these are things I think of as I'm talking to you guys and we're having this discussion. And being you, that's all we want. That's impressive enough. Well, let's just lay it down and like, just. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's terrible. You have to hang out with me long. Oh my God. No, no. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm horrible too, which is okay. Totally. Right. I mean, I'm working on that, but it's, um, I'm definitely that. Look out. <laughs> before we, um, or before you, you joined us, we asked you to send us uh, three songs that you want to feature. Uh, you chose three songs from your most uh, recent album. Depending why not, it's recent, you know. Yeah. Uh, I wanted you to tell us about uh, Grandfather Courage. Uh, I wanted you to tell us about uh, Highest Bitter uh, song that you wanted to feature. It's funny, Grandfather Courage happened right in this room. And it was just um, upright bass player here, piano player sat there. Um, I think we did use drums. I think, yeah, drummer was in the hallway. Though. But it, um, you know, I'd done this, I produced this film called White Jesus, Black Problems, and it was the story of my seventh generation grandparents being an interracial forbidden couple on a tobacco plantation in Virginia. The grandmother being white, woman, which was, different it's very different i thought it was the most punk rock shit i've ever heard it's like a white woman on a plantation it didn't you imagine this could have happened but here i was staring at this document Mm. and these were my ancestors and i thought wow this whole thing of race that we're obsessed with in america that we seem to be obsessed with race and freedom and guns and all we're obsessed with this stuff so i thought it was very interesting to share through the uh, lens of this title, White Jesus, My Problem, which I always wanted to say that, but I just didn't know in what uh, situation I'd be able to say it. White Jesus, White Problems, White Jesus, Brown Problems. I mean, it's all this idea of uh, one group being superior to another. It's perhaps it's old too, very old, very ancient, but it's mm. very bad for everyone. And I thought, wow, this really affected my white grandmother, too. You know, she made this choice to have black children. Mm -hmm. And um, 
when I read the document, it said an unnamed Negro slave owned by Henry Jones. I memorized this stuff. I thought, well, I didn't know he, he should be unnamed. I thought he deserved grandfather courage. It's a fitting name. So I wanted to just take White Jesus Black Problems, the album, just deconstruct it. And I imagine myself being like a college student in a dorm who had maybe seen some fantastic Negritos tiny desk stuff and was like, you know, I like that better. I really hate all of your albums. I wanted to be that guy. And so I, I wanted to uh, re-record the album and make the songs unrecognizable. And if they were unrecognizable, I was being successful in my production. But a lot of times, I don't know about for other artists, I say that as a recovering narcissist, like I'm better than having <laughs> I don't know about those other artists. But I tell you, when I do it, see, that's, watch it. That's what it is. Watch it. I catch myself. I don't know what the process is by the people, and I may even be interested, actually, if I'm invited into the room. But for me, it's about being someone else always. And it's the beauty of stumbling upon this career in my late 40s, as you know, I was, went to the BART station, is that the beauty is that I don't feel the pressure of like, you know, if you're 20, there's pressure. Mm. Like a hip hop artist, like, what's the latest flow? What's the latest thing? Mm. If you're a pop artist, like, what's, how many streams do I have? But being an older guy, I was just like, no, fuck all of you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm old and I like it. And I remember a kid uh, coming up to me. I was playing at the bar session. He's like, you, you, should, you should try it for t- Tiny Desk. They're having a contest. And I was like, what, what is Tiny what? I had no idea because I wasn't hip. You know, I wasn't cool. So that's the beauty. I, I'm, go- I'm going back to that because in creating as being fantastic, the Greedo, now a guy in his 50s is amazing because you get to it's like creating with the uh i have the wisdom of a grandfather but the freedom of a 17 mm. and it's the most you know freest place that you can be in and i, I really like it mm. so that's how i get to grandfather courage and deconstructing what i did and even disrespecting it in a way and letting it be something else which i think is is very necessary in art you don't want to be too safe I usually feel the best when I'm a little uncomfortable.
literally, I think it came from my story of why Jesus Black Problems when I realized that they didn't kill my grandparents in the 1700s for race mixing, little race mixing. You know, they, I think it was about money. They thought, well, I need to make money. I'm Henry Jones. I own these people. Indentured servants were owned for seven years. And I think it kind of, again, our obsession with race. I was like, wow, we get so obsessed with that. But we may be looking at the wrong thing. We should maybe look to the right over here and see that people wanted to get paid. Just in that time, they wanted uh, the finest carriages and the finest, you know, wigs and the, the best servants and the best horses, you know. And I think that I, if we, for me, I don't know about other people, I was focusing on, oh, the, it's really money. We're really ex- obsessed with, oh, my race. My, no, it's the money. Mm-hmm. It's the money. And the whole institution of slavery was based on money. Mm-hmm. And indentured servants, the money will take your money too. In any other place we're going to conquer, in the Spanish conquistadors, it's always they were looking for gold. It's just money. Yeah, so I realizing that helps me get past a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And look at that. Human beings have the capacity to love in the, the, the capacity to be completely greedy. And I don't think that works. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't think it works at all. I don't think there's a future in it. Um, we're just really divided. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that from being married. It's like, if you want everything and you want to be right all the time, you wait, you ain't going to make it. And personally, that makes you kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's about giving and taking and understanding, okay, you want a little bit of this, and I give you a little bit of that, and you give me this, I'm going to compromise this, and boy, I, I don't like this. But you know what? In order to make this thing go, I'm going to go along with it. Because if I don't, I know that everything goes to the highest bidder, and the highest bidder wins. Mm. And they win. That's small percentage, you know, that runs everything. They win. We all lose. And it's not my big mouth. Look at what's going on in our cities. In our, in our progressive, democratic, left-leaning cities, go to San Francisco. I, I got school. I got kids in school. So that's where it comes from. That kind of, and it goes back to that plantation. Like, deconstruct. I keep saying deconstruct. Like, that's the only word that I know. Just <laughs> think of another word. But yeah, just taking apart that whole idea. Yeah. We're obsessed with these things, and we're staring at these things over here, but really... It's just right there. But we're like, yeah, you know, it's like injustice in this thing. and No, no peace, no justice, whatever. You know, the slogans and the bumper sticks, but it's right there. Mm-hmm. It's right there. I'm not that smart. I didn't do well in school, but somehow I know that a lot of this is full of shit and not in any of our best interests, no matter where you are politically. I'm not political either. People always say I'm political. Like your music, I can relate because it's so political. I'm, 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 I'm political? I, I don't want anything. Mm-hmm. I think that's a be. I don't want, if you're political, I think you want something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want anything. Mm-hmm. I look at myself as like, wow. Well, I better stop saying myself. That's the narcissism. I look at it like, hey, you know what, man? I'm just out of it. Look, I see this dude. Look, he, he's got a hat on. Put an eye on it. Let me write that. He's got a hat on. 
Island. I love to do that as an artist. Man, I see this. Oh my God, Latinos, they're dancing. Latinos are dancing. Wow. Look, trans person. Holy shit. So I wrote the song Transgender Biscuits. I love it. I love to be mm. observing like what's happening. I don't want to say kind of without kind of without an opinion in a way. Maybe I'm a coward in a way, but I like it. I like saying the last days of Oakland. I see it. Oh, I, I'm telling you, you ain't gonna be in the form of shit for a few years. How many years since that album? Oh love. <laughs> Negro Domus. But yeah, I mean, I like, I enjoy that part of being an artist. It's like a storyteller. Like I'm telling y'all, I see it, it's out there. It's, I know it sounds scary, but it's out there. And I didn't make it up. But somebody's got to tell you that it's out there. Mm-hmm. Well, there's an eye that you have. Yeah. That you capture in your music, that then people have access to what you see. Yeah, I like that. Which is really cool. I love that. Because I think the divisiveness, divisiveness, whatever, yeah, whatever of, yeah. of labeling, Democratic or Republican, right, left, black, white, it's all to keep us away from each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know. And I may disappear after this for saying this. This may be the last time you see. <laughs> but no, it's um it's really true, but I think it's very hard. And I'm telling you, I learned all this stuff. I was stupid a few years to I learned it by being married. Mm-hmm. I just was looking, I'd be like, wow, like I gotta get along with this person, like yeah. no matter what. I, I actually wanted to tie back what you were saying in regards to that, you know, historical context, those uh, systems of oppression, you know, that, yeah. that history, uh, you know, of America, and, and tie that to uh, mental health, you know, yeah. tie that to expression, you know, and ask Boy. you, mental health is everything, Jesus. Yeah, what's your mental health journey been for you? Well, uh, it's um. I think it's ongoing, and it's um. It's just like your physical health. You, you have to put in the work and you have to uh, have the tools. And so I work on acquiring the tools because it's a lot. I was talking to my Uber driver. He was not my Uber driver. <laughs> Mine. He lives in the back. In the back shed. <laughs> What's his name? Come on. Now. So uh, no, I was talking to the Uber driver. I was, we were talking about traveling. I was saying, um, interesting thing about being a black person traveling is that I didn't realize the level of stress I was carrying mm. around when I'd be in South America or Japan or France or England and no one's afraid of me. Mm. And I would talk to other older black men. We'd be like, yeah, that is a burden to, oh shit, they're afraid of me. Let me adjust and make you feel all right. But I, I remember being in I remember France, and I'm coming home like real late, and the young white girl's going into her apartment. I'm like, oh shit, it's like 2 a.m., this is gonna be uncomfortable. She said, also, nothing. I was like, wow. Or being in, uh, you know, Brazil. Now, for, uh, Brazil has some history, but for me, I didn't feel it, maybe because I was in Sao Paulo. Even being in Mexico, mm-hmm. and just, you know, people aren't afraid of you. Mm-hmm. Being in England you know, late at night. And so that's amazing, you know, that. Because if someone's afraid of you all the time, that wears you down. Of course. It breaks you down, but you may not even know it. And there's a lot of that right here in, in Progressive Oakland. You know, you were like, people be afraid. I'd be like, I'm fantastic, McGreedo. I don't want to say that, but I remember being on MacArthur Walk and this guy's just like doing this. And I was just like, look, man, I'm not going to do nothing to you. And, this, and he felt weird, but I, I, his woman was like, I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, just chill the fuck out. 
we're so afraid of each other. And mm. that, um, that is not healthy. You mentioned that you, for you, like the ongoing journey of your own mental health, you use different tools. What, what are some of your like go-tos? For me, it's uh, agriculture, getting mm. my hands in the soil. Nature, man, just connecting with the trees and when it rains. You know, trying to be, this, to me, I say, I say deep breath, reset, refresh. It's my favorite. I've been teaching to my kids and they're little, deep breath, reset, reset. They know it as kids. I love that because it's real easy and it can de-escalate a lot of things. Because, you know, the enemy is really, oh, you know, ego. You know, ego, ego, ego and pride and all this stuff. And so... Deep breath, reset, refresh helps you. And even when people are not nice and people are not kind, um, that helps me. It's just like an instant meditation. You know, where I could go to the left, but I'm, you know what, I'm going to just... I'm going to deep breath, reset, refresh. It's one of my favorite instant tools that work. But I think, yeah, pressure, stress... Fear, even from being an entertainer, I think there's a way to always try to connect it back to that deep breath, reset, uh-huh. refresh. You know, I've had like terrible stage fright. You go out on the road, there's a temptation of drugs, liquor, and women, and parties. Oh my God, fun. Joking. Not fun. Destructive. No, I'm joking. And it's, I, I'm boring. People hate me. They're like, you go to your hotel room. <laughs> You're boring. I, I hate you. <laughs> I'm boring. I remember I was in England. They're like, you don't smoke. You don't drink. Then what do you do? I remember guys saying that. And I, and, uh, but no, I think um, that's working on yourself and mental health. And, mm. you know, the wanting is a disease. You know, I want, I want, I got to have because, it, you know, it, 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 you're trying to fix something. You know, I'm trying to fix this thing, you know. And, and if I take this, if I smoke this, then I'm, it takes me over here. Mm. You know, it takes me up here rather than confronting. Sometimes you just have to be terrified. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be terrified. I was in an accident, which left me in a coma three weeks. So I have really a lot of anxiety driving sometimes. Mm-hmm. But when I'm driving, I got to tell myself, you know what? I just, I'm terrified and I got to be, this is what it is. This is going to be terror. And you acknowledging that keeps you safe. Yes. And making the right decision. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I hope so. Yeah. 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 It's not something that I've mastered, but I, it's just when we talk about like mental health, these are some of the, some of the things here that I, that you deal with, you know, it's, and the, you know, the accolades can make you insane. You know, you can, I remember after winning like my third Grammy in a row, what I did is I went home and I washed the dishes and I thought that was great because of the pandemic. So I wasn't in LA and I was like, I was, I was just sitting up here. I came in and, you know, when you have kids, no one cares. Like arguing, fighting. I went over and I washed the dishes. I was thinking, like, this is really good. And I never keep my Grammys either. I never keep that stuff. I feel like that's downfall. You know? mm. I try to. I have the same car since my kid was born. I was telling me, I bought you home in this car. And I love stuff like that because I think it. Ha- it's a mental health tool to like to stay grounded. Yes. Stay with this stuff, you know. And, and um, be human. Be human. Washing yeah. dishes is what humans oh, do. That's exactly. what we do, but no one's looking. Yes. You know? And it, so 
I and, can totally see that. And back to the farming, it's like, that's everything. It's like upcycling. And you see my shirt, it's like, this is all part of my mental health journey or these pants. Well, you know, as a, uh, Dave Chappelle so said, you didn't get these in the men's section, player. <laughs> but it's okay, you know. <laughs> I won't pick my kids up from school in them. But yeah, I mean, you, I think there's something beautiful about that. I met one of your artists in, um, through Habib. He oh, does yeah. a lot, yeah. you know, a lot of upside. I feel like that's a victory for people because you're just, you know, being a consumer all the time is something debilitating. And um, I can't uh, forgive the words. It's almost like this form of slavery. Uh-huh. Like when I see people, always I have a check whenever I see these people with these Louis Vuitton bags. Sorry, people have Louis Vuitton bags. And I go, this is bizarre and strange that people with not a lot of money are obsessed with Louis Vuitton. And I, I don't know why it's that bag, but that bag. Mm-hmm. And people want them, whether it's um, counterfeit one or whatever. It's because it, like, it's a status symbol. For sure. But I think it's a ridiculous status symbol in a way. And um, so my way of, of not is to wear, I remember I was on the red carpet. They're like, man, who wear your stuff? And there's people like, oh, this is Christian Dior. And this is like, but then they got to me and I was like, pineapple mama. <laughs> They're like, who made your shit? <laughs> pineapple mama. And it's like this little boutique, but I felt, and I was like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, pineapple mama. And this, it, you know, really helped their business. And that helps me with my mental health is that I have to constantly do for others. When I'm doing for others, when I'm even living for others, sounds crazy, sounds very un-American. That's where I find the peace. Mm-hmm. And that's where Revolution Plantation comes in. It's like, you know, I learned <laughs> and got this name, which people hate all of my names. Oh, my God. People hate a fantastic Negrito. People hate Revolution Plantation, White Jesus, Black Problems. I remember my band members were like, man, when are you going to come up with something that makes us money? <laughs> Like nobody's gonna, you ain't getting no endorsements. So white, what? what? <laughs> and I don't want to do this, but I feel like it just comes. I, it's coming from someone, somewhere. I remember coming up with Fantastic Negrito. I was sitting in a room like this, and I'm staring at the Oakland Tribune Tower, and it just came to me. And I was like, I, 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 I went into this conference or this room meeting that was happening. Everybody, because I've been playing on the streets and like, I got a name for myself as an artist. It's going to change history. Right now. Like, what is it? Fantastic Negrito. Literally, there's three people there. there is, they were like, boo, they booed me. <laughs> They're like, that's the worst name ever. And one guy was like a marketing guy. He goes, Xavier, he goes, I work in marketing. He goes, Fantastic Negrito won't work because white people, we don't want to say the word Negrito. It makes us uncomfortable. And then I thought, mm-hmm. That's perfect. <laughs> but I thought for a moment, why do I have to make white people comfortable? Wow. They have to make me comfortable. It's like, yep. what the? Yep. So I knew. And then I thought, like, y'all didn't grow up with Latinos. You grew up with them, but I grew up in their house, eating their food, listening to their music, dating their daughters behind their back. I, I, mean, <laughs> I was in the mix with just, you know, blacks and Latinos, especially in the Bay. We. They were intermingling. So it was, I remember hearing banda music, banda, and I always heard the word, Negrito. So I was like, well, they don't sound mad. They 
So I literally, it just was in my DNA. Mm-hmm. That word, negrito, negrito. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling it. So whenever someone is uncomfortable with it, they're revealing themselves. A bit. Yeah, you don't know Latinos, do you? Like, you know I'm like, hi, but you know, them aren't, you didn't grow up with them. So yeah, I have a lot of people have problems with my, with my names and my titles. I remember when I one tiny desk and I was in a room full of these hipsters on NPR, like, yeah, so yeah, bro, like, what's the name, like the album, the next album? I said, it's going to be called The Last Days of Old, and then people went, it was like the air went out of the room, but I, I was like, I remember my mother was like, don't use that title. <laughs> my mother, yeah, she's afraid for all my titles, but. I, I just wanted to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And that part of like the mental health process for me is just telling that story, knowing that if I died tomorrow, that man, I really told the stories. Mm-hmm. That it, have you lost your mind yet? Like, please don't be dead. I was talking about like where we are in this country. And our, the, that album was all about mental health and now why Jesus Black Problems. Like, maybe it's uncomfortable and I get hate mail for this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, even some, some black people are like, man, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. What do you, why would you say something like that, all that? You know? I'm not saying anything that crazy, actually. You're like, yes, you are. You're just saying a lot of things that people think. And I mean, I'm saying like why I, it's hard for my little um, black children like, to watch Netflix for me to go, okay, who are the heroes here? Oh, shit. Right. Oh, my God. It's not, no, not, not to be anti white or anything but we need our heroes also need to look like us mm-hmm. you know and they um they have to be black and brown and white and age and whatever and mixed race this is all beautiful because mm-hmm. man i travel the world y'all i've been on six continents and most of the world is not white sorry yeah. it's just not mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong or right about that it's just i think it's great when everybody is a representation and we're telling the truth. I like those two things. And these are help my journey of mental health. But mm. most, the physical part is being in the garden, touching that soil, mm. composting that chicken manure, you know, planting something and watching it grow and knowing that plants are like people. If you give a plant a beautiful environment, air, fresh, clean air, clean water, nourishment, Space, man, love, love that plant grows, and it provides food. It's a beautiful thing, um, agriculture, plants. You learn a lot about people with those plants, and those plants, just like those people, will take care of you, and they'll provide for you, and make your life amazing if we look out for them. If we let them just rot on the streets and live in filth. You know, and they're not going to provide for us. Mm. They're going to make us uncomfortable. And just like our school systems, if we, if we just provide for these beautiful people, these little people, which are just so amazing, and the people teaching them, if we provide, you know, <laughs> then it's going to be amazing. Then we're, 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 we're like, when I'm in Japan, I'm like, where's the poverty? Right. I'm in these Norwegian countries. Man, everybody got health care. Right. Everybody got books. <laughs> Y'all ain't killing each other? Like, wow, this is amazing. Like, if we invest in the right things. So, I don't know. I remember you saying one of the most revolutionary things you can do is farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I got that from Gangster Gardener, too. I think I did. I believe I did. I don't want to um, 
Ron Finley, who's a friend, kind of, we're friends. We've had, it's been over to my house now. <laughs> I like Ron Finley a lot and I love what he does. And the gangster gardener, he's in LA. But yeah, I think I might have gotten that from him. I think I did. I might not have, but let's just say I did. But I think it is. I think for every one of us, man, if we just went home and said, you know what, I don't need a lawn. Man, what we need to do is grow some food, mm. you know? And it's like, there's something about it. you grew that food and you went out there, you tell your kids, go get some, get some greens and bring back in so we can, you know, yeah. make a salad here. Uh, run out there and grab daddy some eggs. Something, it's beautiful, man. I think it, number one, you're not paying whole, whole Foods. Sorry if Whole Foods, you want to endorse a tour. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> when you ain't, no, it's nothing. <laughs> so let me just tell you, you know, grow your own shit. It's not, it doesn't take that much. I mean, I look, I, I, my kids will go and, on the, and with nieces, nephews, other kids, I'll have these, we do a scavenger hunt. We'll go on the sides of the roads and bring back old dressers. You come, I found an old boat and then, you know, you plant in there. And this, it's just your, you're doing a huge favor to the earth, to your neighborhood, to your environment. Man, I'm out hiking. I don't see a lot of black and brown people. And I'm like, what? Do we hate nature? But I don't think it's that. I just think it's, there's some message that's, and again, I don't claim to be the person that went to school, but there's something that that's not cool or something for us. I don't know. But my. How did you learn to love nature? I learned to love nature, absolutely. How? How? What's up? I think, you know, I spent a lot of time in rural Virginia. Okay. And I don't, I'm, I'm probably there. And I saw, you know, my grandmother and I come from these generations of people that lived in the country. But I think it's just growth, too. I don't, I don't know. Because I grew up as a kid in Oakland. I wasn't hiking in the hills. No. Yeah. I felt like that was some white people did. You hiking? Mm-hmm. Not hiking. You know, I'm kicking it at the mall. Mm-hmm. But I think it, with the Revolution Plantation, you know, they help um, change that. Tell us more about Revolution Plantation. I mean, it came from one day like this with cameras, bored in Virginia in the 80s. But my grandma, the big ass camera, you know, I'm like, Shh. I mean, grandma, tell me about segregation while I was just kicking back. Tell us about Jim Crow. So I was expecting one thing, like, but my grandmother said something that shocked me. She said, honey, you know, she's a little old lady. She was in her 90s. Honey, you know, we didn't have too many problems with white folks because we didn't have to ask them for nothing. All of a sudden, I sat up. Well, this is, I wasn't expecting this. She was like, yeah, your, grand, your great-grandfather, Brown, um, Benjamin Brown, like, we had hogs, we had chickens, and the neighbors, they grew this, and the next neighbor grew that. And I'm like, 20 years later, I was like, oh, grandma was talking about a collective. And, uh, I thought that was amazing. Like, no one had ever said that. Like, to just, like, no, we win. We win. We don't lose. Even in the worst of the segregation in the 20s, it's like there was, um, you know, Oklahoma and Black Wall Street. Like, we can, we'll be all right. You know, if we trust each other and we work with each other, we're going to be all right. And I love that message. And I thought of the revolution plantation, like, taking that word, which people hate. Don't say that word. Well, like just taking it back and making like a plantation would be a powerful thing if everybody's free, you know, you're growing, and people own it, you know, yeah. So that's where it came from. I thought of this idea where, and I hate to say like helping people, it just sounds so cliche. I'm helping people, <laughs> helping the underprivileged. I don't like that. It's uh, condescending. Mm-hmm. I like that, like we just like getting together and, 
you're actually helping me. You know, but if I have the space and I can open it up and I have some knowledge and I'm the, one of the elders in the village, I need your help and you need my help. That's where I love that. The other way, it's like I feel like I'm looking down on you. Like, well, you poor little guy. Here. Let me, no, you're not. You're amazing and you're brilliant. And let's um, help each other by peeling uh, back some layers here. I, I love this idea. And that's where Revolution Plantation comes from. It's this idea of just, ooh, don't say deconstructing. <laughs> like, all oh, this deconstructing. <laughs> No, it's, it's the only word I know. Breaking down. Breaking them down. <laughs> We're going to compost it. I do love compost. See, it's this idea of like, um, you know, what we're doing isn't working. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. And uh, what can I do differently? That's fantastic. Negrito, who's a different kind of guy, you know? And that's good. That's okay. You can buy the avenue for folks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. How can we help each other get there? Mm-hmm. I like that. I love that because I, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I really need all, everyone's help in this room. And I hope you need my help. And that's what I see as revolution plantation. It's like, we ain't doing the same old thing. You got to come away from this knowing how to do something. If you can't come away from this um, being an electrician, at least, or being a painter, or you can provide for yourself and your village and community, then we've all failed. And I failed. And come away as a musician, whatever. Skills, skills pay the bills. That's it. You know, and maybe it's the avenue, the vehicle for me is agriculture because I love it. I love farming. I love seeing those chickens run around. I love goats and sheep. I love, you know, I'm not vegan, so I do eat meat. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not a vegan. <laughs> so it's okay. I think you, if you, I think it's maybe even more humane if you, you know, fed your animals and they provided meat you provided for them and provided for you which i i don't do yet but i I like the idea Oh.
Well, little Betty is the story of my uh, grandparents, seven generations ago in the 1700s, that's 250 years ago. They formed a forbidden union on a tobacco plantation owned by a guy named Henry Jones. And I found this document and it said, um, Elizabeth Gallimore, Betty, is presented in Amelia County Courthouse for unlawfully cohabitating with a Negro slave, in parentheses, unnamed, belonging to Henry Jones, and having several mulatto children. I was like, gangster. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, white woman, really? Really? Right. Oh, okay. You call them like, you want to be outcasted and killed? You, you like, like, how did it happen? That song was about hmm. old Betty, about grandfather courage. I'm like, how they made that decision. Then you got to come before the community on a slave plantation and be like, well, we're expecting someone. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I wanted to pay homage to my black enslaved grandfather and my white Scottish intention grandmother. I imagine that being this, him speaking to her. Mm-hmm. Oh, Betty, I'm grieving. The years keep passing me by, but I keep believing you're the only thing that matters. Oh, you know, I, I, it's like kind of a, hmm. I would say a love letter, but they couldn't write. It's just like his feelings, like his feelings, mental health, your feelings, he wanted to express who he was as a human being for a woman that he loved. And she was a, was a, a, a man that she loved. And what's wrong with that? <laughs> that is beautiful and powerful. And what a middle finger to white supremacy, because the interesting thing is that the, the babies were born, and guess what? They were deemed by the court, according to this document, but damn, they can't be slaves because the woman is not a slave. Because they never imagined a white woman would do that. They thought black women were having it against their will. You have mulatto kids. More slaves. More slaves. You know, more money. Yep, the mass. Highs, everything goes to the highest bidder. Mm. Master coming around, okay, your turn. Mm-hmm. I'm hitting your woman. Uh-huh. I got some more kids. Mm-hmm. But they didn't think, oh, Betty, sneaky little Betty. <laughs> Sneaking around. She was probably cleaning in the big house and caught a glimpse of some glistening chocolate in the sun. Like, oh, Lord. Like, oh, Lord, Miss Scottish. Uh, uh. <laughs> you know, he was probably like, that white woman look at me. I don't know, but I'm going to keep on being. <laughs> I'm imagining all that. That's why I made the film, because you have to imagine all this. You have this artistic license. And I'm so glad that um, Boots Riley saw it. And he was, he was, we, he was like, you know, we got to do something. So we did a feature of it at Brown Lake together. And I like that. He gave me the highest compliment. He was like, man, when I saw that, I was jealous. And I felt the same way about his movie. And I think, you know, but we got to be jealous. That's what I'm like, man, I seen you over there, man. You, you were busting, man. Let me go. Let me go do my thing. I love that. I love competition in art. Yes. Everyone don't get a medal. Sorry. And that's beautiful. Everyone shouldn't get a medal. Mm. Watch, I'm going to get hate mail. <laughs> Always get hate mail. <laughs> should make an album of the hate mail that I get, but I'd get sued because it'd be like copyrighted. But no, I don't think, I don't believe that. That I'd go out there and work for and go fail. Because when you fail, that's when you become mighty. Man, I got a lifetime of failure. Let me tell you something. Mm. Man, I was signed as a 20-year-old. They gave me a million dollars. 
I failed mm. a million times. I was humiliated. I felt like nothing. And I lost my hand in a, in a car accident. And I failed. Look at mm. that. And it can't move, but boy, mm. I won three Grammys. You know what I mean? So it's like you got to fail. Mm. You got to fail to find out who you are. Mm. That's what made me walk out to the BART station and start playing because mm. I, and upon doing that at 47 years old now, I had even friends who were like, bro, come on. You're going to try. You, you had, remember you had that deal back in Interscope? Yeah. You're like, dude, you had your date. You're old. I was too old. And then they were like, let me hear the songs. Oh, you could put this wrong. What are these songs? Man? What are you, back in Georgia? Or something? They're like, <laughs> my boy was like, where the drums at? Mm-hmm. Only one of my homies believed in me. And that was, I'll tell the story of that. But, but it was good, though. It's like, because we're taught, like, we're old, you're done. And like, it's got to be, look, if you're going to do it, okay. It's got to be like this. First of all, you should be like a black dude doing like soul music with a white band. That works. No, that works because, you know, we got, there's a pattern that, but you're crazy. You're doing, you mm, what the hell is that? You take, trying to take, you know, I heard all that. But I knew that I'm useful. I think because I'm ready to take it off. Yeah. And I'm embarrassed. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to sing, not his turn today, oh, not his turn today. I'm going to go sing it. I'm going to sing, I, I sold Coke to Hungry Eyes. I sold, yeah, then, yeah so I'm going to say everything. I'm going to reveal who I am. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm a liar. I'm a, a recovering narcissist. I'm, I, wow. Thank God. Everybody, I'm here. I'm the most fucked up person in the room. Okay, let's do it now. And I think I need to do oh, it really. I thought we were supposed to say that. I'm the most productive person. No, I am. <laughs> no, I, I, I am. And so I, I need to do that for my kids. To be honest with you, mm. for me, it's about my kids. I mean, I know it's sure. so that they can know that I had to do this because I didn't want to be a tyrant or a horrible person, which I am. That too, you know, as much as I'm a a, a valuable, wonderful, upstanding revolution plantation mm. for a thing, I'm also this horrible tyrant that my father created you know mm. i'm doing a song now i'm the son of a broken man mm. you know um uh, uh, th- we could both drown in a river of tears that i caused so many people to cry I, sl- I slept so many nights next to a woman while i was lonely inside you know what i mean it's like this is this horrible person too but that's okay because I'm gonna. I'm working on it man you know and i hope you are too mm-hmm. and i want to tell you as a 55 year old that it's okay it's all right, bro, because me too. I'm scared too, you know. Mm. My, my daughter was doing like a ballerina. He's like, I'm so scared. I'm like, guess what? I'm going to do a concert. I, I don't know if I'm good enough. Mm. I don't think my songs are good enough. I'm mm. not a good singer. I can barely play the guitar with this hand, all this stuff. Mm. You know, but boy, when, they, when, that, when them lights come on, though, look out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's huge. I'm inspired and moved by, by you just being totally vulnerable and authentic. Well, and I'm not there yet. Because when I get right now, I'm trying to get to being vulnerable, but when I get there, it's going to be shocking. Mm. I'm not there. I'm really trying to get there, man. It's so hard to get there, the real, because all this is just, you know, when I'm vulnerable, you know, when I'm honest, you're not here and I'm making the record Mm. and I'm doing the song. Then I'm honest. Mm. You're talking about that honesty, um, maybe even that access to vulnerability when it comes to creating music. Yeah. How, how do you 
How do you ask yourself? How do you ask yourself? I probably don't. I'm trying to. I mean, I, I probably fail all the time doing it. I'm trying to every time, you know, and I don't, I'd love to hear that dude, you know, he's trying. You hear him sometimes as glimpses of it. But I'm trying to, and maybe if I stop trying to, that's why I got that toy piano over there. I'm like, we put the toy piano. I think, you know. Because um, my thing is, you either are or you aren't. And it can come and go in any moment, any second, you know. You are or you aren't. Like, you are one or you aren't one. I mean, is it that didactic? I don't know. Is it that right, black and white? I don't know. I wish I knew I would be like, yeah. I wish I had answers to all this. I think you, as an artist, I'm. It's hard. I think when people listen to my work, they, every album is different. And that's me trying to be as uncomfortable as I can be and hoping that you are uncomfortable. But at the same time, you can get into it. It's a very, it's tricky because if you become, as older guys, I listen to my teenagers' music and it's like, same trap beat, same hoes and bitches. Up in the club, on the street. Then I'm like, okay, it's the same formula that people know that it works. So it's not interesting. Yeah. It's not interesting. It's interesting when someone comes along and they, I don't want to say deconstruct. <laughs> <laughs> there are people that break through and they're like, they're doing it like differently. They may be talking about the same thing, but, and I, since I'm so old, I can reference the most popular person I could hear would be like Kendrick or even like, a, I get glimpses of like these Vince Staple. People like that who, I, I have exposure to some people like that. I'll be like, wow, that's interesting that they're okay, really thinking about this, you know, and it's not just, uh, I don't want simplicity because that's kind of looking down on people, but you're just getting, stepping outside of it and becoming uncomfortable is important as an artist. I don't know about as a person. I, I, I think it's amazing that you can say that. I mean, you are a person and an artist. I think that in the work that I do, there's like a, um, to get to the next level as an athlete or as a person or in your relationship, you have to be uncomfortable. Okay, well, thank you. Then I'm on to something. You are. I love that you keep saying it, too. Yeah, I think that because it's, it's, uh, it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. It's hard. Because it can either knock you down permanently or temporarily or raise you to the next level. And that's a risk some people don't want to take. Yeah, well, who wants to completely reveal themselves and then get laughed at? Mm. Like inside, you know, I was really, I wanted to uh, raise geese. I love the geese since they take off. Not enough for that. <laughs> You're crazy. You're like, well, there's oh, a level of revealing, though, I think. You don't have to go all the way there. Yeah. Like, oh, but I want to go all the way there. You will. And you, are. you are. You are. I want to go all the way there. I'm him and I'm not. Hmm. But I don't want to make it about me either because that's the danger of the narcissist coming. Can't make it about you. But, you know, you just got to. Yeah, failure is much as, you know, you want to embrace it and uncomfortable, it's a very, it's hard and it's difficult and it's a struggle and I guess it should be because it's like working out. Anything that's a struggle totally. is promoting growth. Totally. Mentally, physically. Mentally, physically. I feel like um, when we face adversity, it builds resilience. Yes. So that ability to, I'm like, that's not adverse for me anymore. I've been there. I moved through it. Right. Now I can take it to the next level. Right. And that's the benefit. If people can see that that's what happens instead of being in that terrified, like uncomfortable moment for too, too long. Yeah. It's like you move through and then look at you on the other side. I love that. Yeah. 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 It's a victory. And you're not going to win all those battles. Too. Nope. I lose them. You know, it's like, yeah, you want to want to get there for sure. 
And my guys want to win every game. They're not going to. I mean, I want to too, but you're not going to win. No. And and knowing that that's part of the process and that's necessarily you're not doing something wrong. Learning how to lose. And reflecting, extracting, and then apply it to the next contest, game, match, and then reinvent yourself a little bit. I love it. Yeah. That's what I feel like that's what music is about. That's what relationships are about. Mm. And, you know, I don't want... Mm. I'm going to attack society now. Let me attack society as a whole. Oh, I'm like my father. Those people, these people. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot like my dad. I work on that. But son of a broken man. Uh, I mean, I think um, like we tend to want this. Like I have a problem sometimes with cancel culture because it's like who hasn't done something in 20 years that they regret or that was horrible? I don't think I want to be around those people that have um haven't done terrible things because I want to know that you're tested so that when this when the shit comes that you ain't gonna you're not gonna freeze up because the shit's gonna come. Yeah. I want tested people that have failed, that have made mistakes. Man, I made the stupid comments, man, I did this. I'm thinking people like made bad mistakes, I think it's okay. If you're on the redeeming yourself. And I'm sure that doesn't make me popular again. But no, I think it's great because people need to expect that's what one does in life. Yes. That you're a human. You're not a robot. You're going to, you know, fumble. You're going to fumble. We don't want these. I don't want these perfect robots that have not done anything, that have no dirt. Mm. It's not interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not even human. I want to I wanna transition the conversation into the last part, um, which is really about Oakland. Like, we've been talking about your ancestors, about your parents. Like, yes. What's the story there as to how they got here? Just growing up here, you were talking about growing up here, too. So you're talking about Oakland, Oakland, California, Oakland, the Bay Area, talking about Lake Merritt. You're talking about international. It used to be East 14th, Merritt Bakery, um, all the soul food restaurants. It used to be you're talking about the Black Panthers. You're talking about the Hills Angels. You're talking about the East Bay Dragons, you know, talking about a microcosm of what the world can be, talking about Silicon Valley. You're talking about music from as diverse as Metallica to E-40, mm. Carlos Santana, Sly Stone, um, to MC Hammer to Too Short. I mean, you're talking about very interesting group of people <laughs> and where you can go out and get the most amazing food anywhere, Filipino food, Chinese food, soul food, Mexican food. I don't know about Chilean food. You're talking about some of the most mixed people racially in the world. So very interesting place but then you're also talking about uh, a city that's now losing that sorry gotta be real talking about we're we're on the brink of losing that we've uh, you can't buy a house anymore you know you can't rent a place and we've kind of sold out to um somebody somebody's making out who have we sold out to i want to know i think it's corporatism i think that's what it is um so we're trying to preserve that. Like people be like, man, I hella love Oakland. I've got my T-shirt. I've got a hella love it. But I'm like, well, why do you hella love it? Somebody made this shit cool. Somebody came a long time ago, man, and put in the blood, sweat, and tears, and the vibrations, and the grind to make this place have a, its swagger. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're trying to take people out of Lake Merrick from playing drums, oh, you're killing the idea. You don't want street performers. 
Y'all are killing the whole idea of what makes the Bay, why you love the Bay Area. It's like meeting someone, man, I love her, this woman, she's like this, and you get her, then you want to change everything about her. <laughs> I want you to wear these boots. These boots. That's crazy. So we're in danger of losing that because if you don't get people, you can't have a bunch of rich people living here, you know, with um, trust funds and all this stuff. You can, then your art starts to suck. Your music's going to suck. Sorry. I think the greatest art forms came from people who were having a hard time. Look throughout history. Don't take my word for it. So I think we're in danger of losing something. So we need to get to work. Hmm. Um, I, we came here in 1980. And it was, it was on fire, man. I mean, you could go outside and just take it out of the air and eat it, man. This, for number one, in 1980, hip-hop was kind of new, but still was that funky element from the 70s. You could still smell it, you know, and like the protest culture was, was more genuine. And, um, you know, then punk music was happening. Like, right, all of it was like meeting at this crossroads. And it was like a little bit of the gang culture was in there. It was like, it was dirt. Bring us some dirt there, you know, it was rap battles going on in the streets with people with safety pins in their mouth and walking by you while there was rap battles. It was just breakdancing kids. It was unbelievable, man. You could still smoke weed. The weed's too strong. <laughs> Put some weed now, I have some edibles, end up in, I end up in the emergency room, like having a nervous breakdown. Yeah, no. It's for old people out there. Um, but yeah, it was just, we built so much here. And it was such a um, city that felt like endless possibilities and anything can happen. And I'd like to see that more. You know, we can't price out all the people that don't have money. It becomes Monaco, then it'll be Monaco. I hella love Monaco. <laughs> so Oakland has to be more than the slogan on the t-shirt, man. Mm. We got to get out there, man. Stop being afraid of each other. Get out there to those neighborhoods where you may be afraid of people. You may meet some cool people, actually. You know what I mean? And stop calling the police on people, you know, walking through your neighborhoods that look different from why you, you I seen you had the Black Lives Matter <laughs> sign up. That ain't cool. And then we got to get out into nature. And then we live in one of the most beautiful places, man. I want to see us out there, black and brown folks on them trails. And pick some mushrooms with me. I pick mushrooms. You know, I know the ones that won't kill you. As long as I have my French guide, Frederic. Give him a shout out. But, um, yeah, that's what I think about Oakland, man. It's like, it's bittersweet. Um, I don't want to lose that. I may have, already, we've already, may have already lost it, too. You know, I do a market here called Storefront Market. And part of that is to bring it back. And it's a market where we don't charge any of the vendors and they're able to come sell all their wear and then they get to keep it all. I feel like it's the spirit of Oakland and we, bring, we have pet adoption. We have live music, busking stage. We have food. Um, the Oakland Roots should come do, do a, have, have a booth. Um, it, it's incredible. And I, I love that spirit of Oakland. And we can partner with these people that have all the money. 
I've been now able to get money from these people. Hey, man, listen, I got this thing. It's amazing. Come give us some of that corporate money so we can put on more of this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We, we have schools that are, come be involved in it and have like talent shows and just have kids, kid commerce. Mm-hmm. I, what I love about this, Margaret, is that now I see some of these kids, they have their own businesses. Like, look, I got $3,000 in the bank. I'm like, yes. So that they're learning how to um, deal with people, how to talk to people, look them in the eyes and make a sale, a legal sale. And uh, yeah, that's industry. I love that. That's um, financial literacy. I love that. No. I love that hustling and that grind. That's what made me go play at the BART station. And I want to get some of that back. And that's why I have Storefront Market and I'm working on Revolution Plantation. These are some of the things I want to do as part of my legacy as a person, human being, fantastic Negrito. There's only one in the world. I made sure when I got that name, I'm like, nobody's going to have this name. <laughs> fantastic. I, I wanted to ask you. You said you said bittersweet. Um, the last days of Oakland. Last like, days of Oakland. Is it is the sweetness gone? Like it's not. Nah, it, it's, like it's only gone if you want it to be gone. Hmm. I look at it like that. Like if you want, if you walk outside and you just be like, oh man, these clouds. Damn, I hate clouds. Or you can go out and say, you know what? It's kind of mysterious. Go get me a cup of coffee and sit up here with my lady or your man or whatever it is you sit up with. Sip some. Um, warm beverages and write some poetry about these clouds. Like, how do they make me feel? Mm. Let's drive across this bridge. It's mysterious and scary. Look at the water. I mean, everything's what you want it to be. Mm. I believe in that. So I look at the bear, I still see the beauty. I just see that as an old guy, I keep saying, oh, God. We call this the old guys. Say, <laughs> I wake up, it hurts. <laughs> hurts bad. <laughs> so, so, yeah. But you want to, uh, I feel the responsibility to be like, hey, y'all, come on. I didn't, if you listen to the last days of Oakland, ain't nothing complaining about it. I don't like complaints. I'm not complaining about nothing. I'm talking about getting out there, roll up your sleeves and go talk to people and go get your guitar and play on the streets. Mm. We're doing something about it. And I love that. Like my grandmother said, we didn't have to ask white people for nothing. Sorry to keep picking on white people. And if you feel like I am, I'm not. This is grandma. She said white folks. She was from Virginia. That was her experience. But I yeah. love that she told us that. Yeah. That was a hell of a message to give a little black kid. Mm. Like I'm not second. No. I can do some. Yeah. Mm. I'm not. Yeah. Start my own business. Yeah. Really? We all don't end up in prison? No. Mm. Shit, I like this, Grandma. Thank you. That's better than leaving me a million dollars. My grandmother changed my life. Like, I was like, man, you could do it. We own our own business. When we started, the whole Negrito thing was like a collective. I was like, I quit music for five years. I had some homie. He was like, man, I'm trying to be a writer. Every month for three years, I said, he's giving money. Mm. I was like, why are you giving him all that money? It's like, because he's a writer, he's talented. And then he called me one day, true story. What's up? Hey, keep that, that money that you're giving me. Why? Oh, I just got this show. What about it? He goes, oh, that's all right. Tell me about it. Oh, it's like kind of like the Black Dynasty. Remember Dynasty? Remember that? I'm like, 
Like, what's it called? It's called Empire. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it sounds stupid. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I remember that phone call. Then they're like, oh man, guess what? This show's number one. I like it now. And I'm like, okay. Like, I never watched that shit. <laughs> I don't watch nothing. I got kids. So then they were like, yo, man, you should start playing music again. This is how this all started. Wow. By taking my grandmother's advice, by being a collective. Yes. And I never, and I know, I never asked for that money back. I, I never asked for that money back. And that's, I'm most proud of that shit. Because that's some, that's like some thing, like you got to get past that. Now don't come asking me for money, y'all. <laughs> I heard that you won't ask for this. <laughs> so you got to know when to do it. So I was like, this dude was talented. He went on to do big things, but it was like, then he came back like, Man, I think you, your music was, you had some music, remember? I was like, ah, man. But they kind of talked me into walking around being fantastic Negrito. And that's how it worked. And it's like, you know. I love that. But, you know, a lot of that stuff ended. Egos, pride, on everybody, you know, stuff falls apart. Because, man, everything ends because of ego and pride. And greed. Maybe. And greed. But ego and pride even before greed. Before. Ooh, ego, that is nasty. You can't go in that room and admit you was wrong, can't you? Can't go say sorry and sorry, man. I've been really a bad person about this. Because mm. the ego won't let you do it. People that messed up and messed up, they can't come tell you that. It could be a woman, it could be a friend, it could be a homie you didn't talk to in a long time. That ego is just that he whispering here, man. You don't do that. You gonna are you gonna make yourself look like a punk? You're gonna look mm. like a sucker, man. Man, I don't even like him, man. You know, that's all. You know, you know who counts on that and banks on that every day against us? Corporations. <laughs> they know we gonna, they know we ain't gonna do. They know they're like, oh, their egos, if the fight over everything. Man, you, you get on a board of uh, people, man, it'd be gay people, trans people, black, white, Jew, Muslim, Christians. Hey, Henry, yeah, okay, you take fifty, I'll take forty. Okay, <laughs> see you on the golf course, yeah. But we're gonna be bitching about uh, anything. Oh, you called me a Filipino, but I didn't like that. No, you call me this. You didn't make me feel right. You, you didn't, you know, you didn't make feel it. Yeah. No, I'm not talking to you. You know, that's, we do that all the time. Like you people, like you Latino people, you did this. And you black people, we're on that all the time. We can't even take the next step. We can't even go like that because we're stuck. Because I go back there. That's the, that's the, that was not the oppressive system. It's ego and pride. We get past that, I promise you. I learned that from being in that collective. My ego, I was like, man, there's $3,000 all the time because I need to do it. I just, it's, gonna, it's good for you, man. Mm. It's good for you. Mm. You understand? It's good for you. And then they came back, you know, this is good for you. Mm. And you know what I get to do? I get to tell that story. Yes. That story's mm. worth $10 million. Because yes, mm. now maybe a couple people will go do that. Yep. And it's hard to do because it's not American. It's un-American. Hmm. Americans, this. I did it. I did it myself. I went out there every day. I pulled myself up by the bootstrap. I worked. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about ego, but you know what that's doing? You didn't do it by yourself. You know how many, you know how many motherfuckers put up with your shit hmm. and let you sleep on the couch, let you do this, maybe borrow some money, maybe you paid it back, man, they put up with you. You practice your guitar. It's terrible. Your homie's like, yeah, okay. 
You know, people, your girlfriend was like picking you up. It's cold. You going to the picking shows, you up, yeah. going to the show. It's just three people. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just not giving those people credit. Nobody did it by themselves. Mm-hmm. Not Michael Jordan, not nobody, not LeBron. Somebody put up with you coming home late. You can't deal with the kids. They watching the kids by themselves. So I hate that idea of self-made. When I see that, oh, I hate that self-made person. That's the most egotistical, narcissist bullshit I've ever heard. Nobody ain't self-made. Your mama put a <laughs> And your mama birthed you. <laughs> That's it. You know, the birth, you know, I've seen a live birth. It's traumatic. And somebody put up with you and helped you and nurtured you. And your teachers even, every man. Uh-huh. Teacher wanted to kick you in the neck, but they didn't. <laughs> you know, so I, I like that, you know. You spitting bars, they were terrible. But your was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but that was horrible until you got there. They put, you know, it's like every step along the way. Like I went to the bar station to play, but people put up with it. Mm. Their encouragement encouraged me, mm. you know. Remember people called the police on me when I used to play on 25th and Broadway. Well, yeah, they did. They, I think some of the bar owners, because I used to have crowds. They didn't like that. The bar owners, remember the police come up, Oakland police. I got to give them credit for this. And like, you really from Oakland playing this music? Sounds like the South. Mm-hmm. They're like, keep doing it. Bye. <laughs> They're like, it sounds good. So I got to give them credit, you know? Mm-hmm. But we all, it's a village that helps each other. So yeah. It can be beautiful. That's what I'm looking for. If I just get three people, I'll be good in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Got three people, we did it. Oh, we did it, man. We are. We pulled our resources. We got the village. That's beautiful. I mean, we, what, the most revolutionary thing we can do is all move in together. Hmm. <laughs> that mean that we could do that, but we can't. But if we could, think like immigrants, everybody in the same house. We're going to get through, make all the housing prices go down. Something, you know what I mean? Just rebel against this thing that's killing us. Hmm. Don't come trying to move in with me either. <laughs> I don't want your ass, you know, but I like the idea. Well, no, we get, that's my problem is with us. Well, that's, that's amazing. Generational family. That's amazing. That's what, yeah. that is it. I'm for that. Yeah. And my kids get to know her. Yeah. They get to have these conversations that I can, yeah. like, listen at the door. Yeah. No, that's, out. let's get back to at least let's try with that. Now I got, I can put a yurt, you know, the mold, I can put that up and then you can, Bring, you know, to move in there, a family, you know, but uh, no, I love the idea. If I've always had family members, my nieces help raise me, I'm like, you're gonna live with us, be part of our family. Yeah. That's how you make it, man, you know? Before we wrap up, uh, in the last song you want featured titled A Man with No Name, the following lyrics really struck me Listen to the winds of change blowing on your shoulder, the chief of the village, soldier, family, and friends. Listen to the winds of change. Growing, getting louder. The miracle is about to begin. Wow, I like that there. What's the miracle that you're referring to here? Now I feel like running away. You ever feel like getting away? They keep working me every day. Time keeps moving on. I like to picture myself sneaking, getting away. I think about it every day. Shit up. Time keeps moving on. 
powerful gratitude is what i've learned in all the schooling i've been to or whatever gratitude it improves your immune system it accesses joy and optimism it helps you build generosity it man- helps you manage stress it helps you feel more connected to a person I love her. and when you express them no matter what it is you can say i'm grateful i woke up this morning I'm grateful for my breath right yeah. now. It doesn't matter what it is, but the act of expressing it, yeah. you get all those benefits and check it out. Anyone else who heard it also gets all those benefits. I love it. That's I think, it. I know, I love, I'm a gratitude, man. You it's know, I, one of my songs, take the bullshit, <laughs> turn it into good shit. That's what gratitude is. It's like, it's, it's everything that you said, man. And it's like, even gratitude for the terrible things. I'm, that's been my next step. Like mm. having this hand, I'm like being, I'm grateful for. Mm. I'm grateful for something really bad that happened because then I learned to have the coping skills. So I'm even like, okay, this is terrible. And I'm, I'm thankful, man. Thankful that it happened. Now I know. Mm. You know, you, you know, you best friend slept with your woman. So I don't know, something crap. I write too many songs, but you're like, now nah, I know, motherfucker. You is not my best friend. You is not my woman. Mm. I'm actually, you be, the pain's going to be there. Yeah which would be good songs. But then the gratitude has been, that's what it was. And then the forgiveness, I mean, it's just a crazy, it keeps going. Because then the forgiveness makes you strong. Mm-hmm. But I think the miracle to me is, I know it's so simple that it's just gratitude. It's all that it is. Because if we all embrace that, <clears throat> the world will change and walk outside and be different. Mm-hmm. And all the stuff I'm talking, I fail at it all the time. But I think that's part of being a human being is that we're just on this long road. We're falling down. Damn, I was an asshole yesterday. Let me try again. Damn, I was stupid. Let me try. Oh, I failed on that. Oh, I... Let me just keep trying. And on, on that note, thank you so much. Welcome. Save me for your time. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I was grateful to sit down and share this time with you. 
Athlete Mindset is part of the CasSource Podcast Network. At CasSource, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're growing this one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you by searching CasSource on your social media app of choice. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network, the CasSource Podcast Network.